Welcome back, everyone. I'm Sarah Peck, and this is the Startup Pregnant Podcast. Do you know that I have another podcast? So hi, everyone. This is Sarah. I am the host of the Startup Pregnant Podcast, which is what you are here to listen to. I also host another podcast called Ask Sarah. And in that podcast, you are allowed to ask me anything and not just about me, but anything about your business, your life, curiosities about systems, strategy, parenting, whatever you'd like to know more about, you can ask me. And then I answer questions monthly on a show called Ask Sarah. This podcast is available on Patreon. If you go and you become a backer of the podcast and the show, you get access to this exclusive podcast and we release new episodes every month. One of the questions I got was all about how I set up and design and facilitate my online programs. How do I form community? What do I do to create the container? A lot of people ask me about the the process of designing online communities. Why do we meet every two weeks? And what do I do about uh, scheduling challenges? So in today's episode, what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to play you the AMA that I recorded last month. So this is all about the Wise Women's Council. So take a listen because this is the private podcast. I'm airing this episode of the private podcast here publicly for you so that you can listen and get a sense of what the Ask Sarah episodes are like. You'll recognize my voice because it's still me behind the microphone. And if you want to get access to all of the episodes we've recorded, when you become a Patreon backer, you get access to all the past episodes and all of the future episodes. And if you join the Wise Women's Council, you get access to all the Ask Me Anythings and you get to ask me questions too. So you can submit your questions and I will give you feedback on your puzzles, your issues, your challenges, your business, just your curiosities. Like if you want to ask me how long I wore depends after childbirth, I'll tell you. You know me. I will tell you lots of things. I'm an open book. I will share anything that I can do to be helpful. I have hopefully very little um, fear or embarrassment around it, but if I have it, I'll also talk about that as well. So come on over, ask me anything you want. And today's episode is all about how I design and facilitate group programs, why I've been doing it for the last five, six, seven, I don't even know how many years, and how I integrate it all in the design of our online program to to do something that I think works pretty well and I'm really proud of. So thanks for listening. Welcome to Ask Me Anything with Sarah K. Peck, where you can ask me, well, anything from my life, my business, my leadership philosophies, or my parenting strategies. You ask, I will do my best to answer. Let's dig in. Ooh, today we have a really fun question I am excited to geek out about. Thank you for asking this. Today we are going to dig into the Wise Women's Council and the year-long membership that I have for people, how I designed it, why I designed it the way that I did, and how I thought about the membership model. The specific question that I got is, how did you decide on the model for your membership? And have you been in other programs like this structured in the same way? 
Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to talk about this because I like to overthink things like this. I get really geeky about community design and creating really good containers for people and then testing them. So I don't know if you listening know this, but I have been in masterminds for the last five or six years. And one of the things that I like to do is to figure out and really test and tweak what are the pieces that make this work? Like, what are the components of the container? How do we set the right infrastructure? What's the right pace? How do we get what we want out of this community? And I have been in things that have worked amazingly well, and I have been in things that have fallen flat on their face. And each time I do one of these iterations or I'm in them, I just observe and I take notes and I think about it and I say, okay, what worked really well there and what didn't work really well and how can we combine these elements to create the next container? So the Wise Women's Council is my sixth run of a mastermind. I did them for five years through my personal website, sarahkpeck.com. And then I honed in on serving and specifically working with women entrepreneurs at the intersection of pregnancy and parenting. And so the question, how did I decide to structure the Wise Women's Council this way? Where shall I begin? First, I thought about the goals. What did I want with this particular platform and this particular community? I wanted something that was mostly as much as possible on demand because as a parent, I think scheduling things into your day is one of the biggest friction points. I experienced and so many of my friends have experienced that actually scheduling a phone call feels like a huge burden. Like if you have to plan another thing into your day, it can be the make or break point. It's like, oh my gosh, I just can't add more calls and more things. There's so many moving parts to my day and so many chances for everything to just blow up in my face. Like I get a call from school. I mean, for the other day, I got a call from our daycare and our little one wasn't feeling well. And they said, he doesn't have a fever so he can stay here. But like, we wonder if you want to bring him home. And I said, can you give him some baby Tylenol? And they're like, no, we can't give it. But a parent can give it. And so I raced out the door at lunchtime, ran over to daycare, gave him a little baby Tylenol, snuggled with him for 20 minutes and then raced back. And like that is enough to disrupt so much of the cadence of the day. And yet we're constantly dealing with all of these things. So I wanted something that was as on demand as possible, which means that you could listen to the content, listen to the video or the call or the talk or the lesson while you're racing off to daycare or listen to a podcast style episode while you're in the car driving your kids to school or a meeting ends early and you have 20 minutes and you want to lie down in on the couch or if you work from home in the bed and just relax for 20 minutes and catch up with friends. There's space to do it in between everything else. It's not another heavy lift. I didn't want it to feel overwhelming. I think that there's so many programs and courses out there that are insanely ambitious. It's like your five-day plan to this. And my experience of taking so many courses and programs is that they're all way too fast. I can't do it in five days. I need it to be every Monday. Fitting it into our already existing schedules is really hard. Most people don't have the time to just stop what they're doing and add more or replace it. So I wanted it to be not overwhelming. And this was something that I spent a really long time on, but I wanted it to really, really fit into your schedule. When I designed it, I think, what was that? I had the idea in April or May, and I sat on the question for three or four months. And the way that I sit on a question is I just keep asking it. I let it percolate up. I'm like, okay, I want to build this. 
How is this the easiest for them? What makes this less complicated? Can this be done more simply? And I just repeat the question and I keep chewing and I keep, I do a lot of design thinking and sketching. So I I'll like write it out and plan it. And if you look back in my, my notebooks, my moleskins, you'll see versions of this go back over the last two years. Another goal was to focus on building community. So what would it take that by the end of spending time together, we would have a group of people that felt like the way you feel when you graduate from college, the way you feel after you do a live workshop together? What does it take to build community remotely and virtually? So by the end, you feel like you have this new network of connections and people you really like and trust and respect. How do you create intimacy and community really quickly? Because I wanted to create and facilitate both of those things. I don't want people to just show up and then check a box or listen to just me. But how do you facilitate, how do I facilitate intimate connections between people and strangers who have never met? And then how could I create a container that would allow people to feel like they were supported in their week over week puzzles and able to keep moving, especially during those really hard weeks, and help them feel less isolated and less lonely. Like instead of muddling through the frustration and the anger and the hurt and the difficulty by themselves, could I create a space where they felt comfortable enough to go and say, hey, I'm struggling with this thing. Does anyone have any recommendations or advice? So those were my goals. And When you create a container, I think a lot of people skip straight to the logistics of like, and it will be like this and like this and like this, and it'll be three calls. And we also often offer that as a selling point on a page. We're like, you get three calls. But like, what is it for? What does it do? What's the point? I don't like to design the container or the structure until I know what the goals are. So my goals, as on demand as possible, not overwhelming, to really fit inside of people's schedules, to build community, to facilitate strong connections, to let people have support week over week, and to create intimate community and intimacy and connections. Like those are the questions that then I ask, what's the structure of the container that could possibly provide this? Is it possible for a digital, virtual on-demand space to create something like this. I mean, that's kind of, that's a big ask. (laughs) That's a big ask. But if you don't know what you're trying to build and answering the question, what is it for? What do I want it to do for people? How do I want people to feel? Like, what is this place creating? Like, what am I trying to create with this space, this place, this service? Those are the first questions that I think about and, and getting really clear on like the problem that you're trying to solve for people. That's step one. Then I start to think through logistics. So the next thing I think about is what is the platform that I can use? How easy is it to use? What's the container? What does the space look like? Where are people when they show up to this place? How frequent does everything happen? What's the frequency, the cadence, and what's the duration, both in the micro? So how long are each of the calls? 40 minutes, 60 minutes, 90 minutes? Like what's the right tempo? And what's the duration overall? Like what's the commitment? Is it three months? Is it four months? Is it six months? Is it nine months? Is it six weeks? Like, What is the overall duration? So all of those pieces, I then get out my pens and my papers and I design lots of different possibilities. And luckily I have designed this now for the sixth time and I've done, I've been hosting weekend retreats and in-person retreats for a long time as well. So I have some data and some experience for how this works and what works pretty well. 
And the first couple of masterminds I did were three months and four months long. And part of the reason was because I wasn't sure how well they would sell. And I wanted to get more clarity about what worked and what didn't in a quicker turnaround. The first couple of masterminds I did, they're 1200. I had some scholarship places for $800. And then I got the four month mastermind to $1,600. And I ran those a couple of times. And it was really, really fun. We met every other week and we had deep dives for people. So we'd have a group call at the beginning of the month, and then we would have deep dives for everyone. Those were a lot of scheduling and logistical challenges, but they were I need to do another episode all about the deep dive process because I love the way that I do the deep dive process, if I do say so myself. I just love it. And it was the catalyst for crystallizing a lot of my thinking about how we listen to each other and how we show up better in community for how to listen and support each other. I think that most advice is just really bad because we don't listen to each other. And so people will come, like you watch a conversation, it's like, oh, I got to work out more. And somebody's like, you should be weightlifting. And we'd never stop to pause and listen to like, why does the person want to work out more? What is the change they're hoping to seek? What do they want their lives to look like? What does it feel like when they do something? What have they tried? What do they perceive as holding them back? And why do like, there's just so many pieces of the conversation that are important before we give any advice whatsoever. And yet we shout advice all over each other and then actually don't feel heard, don't feel listened to and don't move forward in our lives because we didn't get the help and support that we needed. Anyways, that was a little bit of a tangent. I will talk more about that later, but that was one of the things that I loved the most about some of my earliest masterminds. And I I had this aha moment where I just love deep dives and I loved studying and thinking about how we listen to each other and how much that facilitates being supported and then in helping people make their own transformation in their lives. Okay. So, I think about all these things. And when it came to the Wise Women's Council, I chose, I'll tell you some of the specifics. I chose Teachable as a platform to hold all of the information. So every month we have a, there's a monthly audio where I share a theme. Like if we're going to talk about leadership, I'll share something I've learned or an applicable lesson about leadership and then a worksheet where you can do some journaling around what the theme means to you. From there, there's a bonus guest teacher who comes in and we record a podcast style episode and that's, they're shorter. They're like 25, 30 minutes. So every month you get stuff that you can listen to, to prime you and set you up for having uh, less superficial and more meaningful conversations. Like here's a theme. Let's think, let's look at our lives through this lens. The reason I chose Teachable as a platform is because it is one of the only course platforms out there that allows for both mobile access. It's only on iOS right now. They haven't built Android, but it allows for mobile access and it allows you to download and stream offline. Because one of the things that parents do, and one of the reasons why the podcast has been such a successful content channel for us is because people don't have time necessarily to watch TV. To sit and watch is different than to listen while doing something else. 
People are throwing dishes in the dishwasher and they can listen to a podcast. People are picking up like 27,000 pieces of clothing and toys after their kids go to bed and they can listen to something, but they can't watch. People are commuting and in transit and on airplanes and they have lots of little pieces of interstitial time that they can also use effectively. But to ask them to sit down, stop and watch something for an hour doesn't work. So I really focused on audio content, downloadable, and ability to stream and sync offline. So that's why I chose Teachable as a platform. The next thing I thought about in terms of the container and frequency of meetings is weekly sound is this concept that I've learned for a while, which is weekly sounds nice and doesn't work well. I find that whenever I tried to do a weekly cadence, everyone started missing things because weekly is actually really frequent and it can be hard to replace in your everyday life. However, bi-weekly, that is every other week, is gold. For some reason, bi-weekly you actually make and you feel like you are doing it. You feel satisfied. You feel like it's weekly. So I love thinking about what people say they want and then what people actually do because there's so many differences. So this is where the limitations of consumer research really start to play an interesting role because you'll ask people what they want, you'll ask them to self-report, and then you watch what they do. And they're different things. Like people are so funny, but we're all weird. And if you watch what people actually do and then like adjust and tweak and design according to that, it's really interesting. So I found that people said they wanted weekly meetings and they were all about accountability. And it was like, yeah, and people would potentially buy, right? They'd be like, yes, I want a weekly accountability buddy. But what works the best in my experience for this particular group of people is bi-weekly. So every two weeks. It was awesome. So the next thing, the next hat that I want to put on, because one of the ways to build these containers is by looking at it through a lens and then changing your glasses or your filter and looking at it with another lens and another lens. So the next hat that I put on when I think about this is me as a business owner and a creator. So I don't think enough people take the time to think about maybe consciously about product founder fit. Like how good the business you're designing is for you as a person, as a business owner and a creator. Sometimes we paint ourselves into a hole where we don't think about the implications of how much time and energy different amounts of work will take. So I see this happen with people who do client services and they say, oh, I'm going to do, you know, like three phone calls in each package and I'm going to have, you know, 20 clients and then I want to have 20 new clients every month. And so it's 60 phone calls. And all of a sudden they realize that they're doing top to bottom phone calls every single day and they don't have space and time to do the other parts of the business that need their focus and attention. So the next hat, once I felt through the filters of what are my goals for this community and what are the containers and the platforms was what do I need as a business creator and as my own unique INFJ personality type that's over here on the other side of the microphone. For me, I need to, I don't want to launch all the time. I already do enough launches of different products and offerings. And I don't want to be creating a cycle where I'm launching a new three-month program three times a year. That actually takes a lot of inertia and energy and isn't as stable for me as a longer thing. I am in love with the idea of 
having a selling cycle and then having an implementation cycle and doing the big ones once a year. So for me, the foundation of this has been that I do my sales cycles in January and February. Well, it's really December, January and February. And then the program starts in March and I can focus my energy and attention on my clients and my content and my writing. I do lots of smaller launches and evergreen funnels throughout the year. So I have six or seven courses through sarahkpeck.com, my other brand and website. And I have a lot more products and offerings on Startup Pregnant. And I make lots of small offers throughout the year. Like I'll tell people that we have retreats coming up or that there's a new ebook for sale or I've got a workshop coming up, but they are not the foundation to my business. And they're not the, they don't take three months of time and energy really the lead up to the Wise Women's Council and the sales window, because I launched two things at once, by the way, I launched both the Wise Women's Council and I launched my B-School affiliate because I'm an affiliate for Marie Forleo's program. So I do two really big launches and I bring my new cohort of faces and I want to go deep with people for the rest of the year. Those are like my anchors. And, you know, Every year is different. So let's say there's one year that I have a much smaller class than I'm anticipating. The good news is that I know by February what the class looks like and I can make the plans for the rest of my business year accordingly. It's like I fill in the landscape with the big giant boulders and I get those boulders and those rocks settled in and then I pick up the pebbles and the medium sized bits and only then I add the sand like filtered in. But I'm not trying to fit a massive program around lots of little tiny things and I won't take on one on one client work unless I have space after these two calendar programs, these two big programs fill. So for me as a business creator, there's a lot of ease on my end because I have a regular calendar and a predictable cycle. And it makes the sales, the selling, the marketing and the planning for my business so much easier, which is a tremendous benefit. So the next lens that I look through is the financial one, the money one. And I look at this from the product market fit, the person who is going to sign up for the Wise Women's Council. Who are they? And what is the right financial lift? So I've gotten to a place in my career and my work with people where coaching with me can be as much as about $1,000 a month. That's the typical rate. And I know that that is prohibitive for a lot of people that want to work with me. Not everyone, but it is on the higher end. $12,000 a year is something that more established business owners have to spend, but not everyone has the discretionary income. I'm very sensitive to that. And I don't want to design a business where I am working with people, only a certain group of people in a certain economic bracket. So my question for the Wise Women's Council was, how do I make this work financially? And how do I make a really amazing group program that feels like it has as much or more benefit than working with me one-on-one. -on -one. Like, is there a way to create a space in a container that feels like working with me one-on-one, -on -one, but you get regular support, you have a group of people that you can connect with, you end up with all these connections. It's not reliant on me always being there and readily available. So the energy is distributed amongst the whole group where the community has this vibrancy and this energy and it is accessible for a much bigger group of people. And by that I mean, is there a $3,500 to $5,000 level? Like, could this be something that was in the $400 to $500 a month range? And you're like, yeah, I need a coach. 
I want a group of people to help support me. I would love to do twice monthly calls and $500 a month for group coaching is exactly what I need. That's where I priced it the first time around I did it. And when I put the sales page up, what was really interesting is I didn't have a buy button and I had someone email me and they say, Sarah, how do I buy this? I want to buy this, but I don't know how. Do you need me to send my credit card information? Like, should I email it to you? Do you want me to call you so you can put it in? And I just had not yet implemented the buttons for the PayPal link so that people could purchase the program. And that told me I was on the right track. When you have somebody that is like, excuse me, excuse me, I need you to take my money. That's always so, it's just something I really appreciate as a business owner. I imagine that many other people feel this way, but I sometimes get uncomfortable with selling. Like if I don't deeply believe in it and I'm rooted in it and I know that it's really good. So for the Wise Women's Council, I'm so confident in the program and I love it so much. But there are times when I'm new at things and I will confess Getting sponsors for the podcast is one of those areas where I am a little more nervous, where I'm a little bit more like, do people really want to give money for this? Like, what's happening? And so I will be a little more hesitant. I'll be slower to reply to emails. I'm like, I don't really know if you want to give me money. Is this really true? And I have had people now for the podcast email me over and over again being like, We know how good your audience is. You have curated the people that we want to talk to. We love your tone. We love the intelligence of the podcast. We really want to sponsor you. Please tell us how to sponsor you. And I'm like, okay, fine. Give me your money. That's the kind of sales arrangement I like to have because I want to make really, really good products. And then I don't mind if I undersell and then people really like it. Just my MO. I don't know if it's strategic. Like I wouldn't necessarily counsel people in that as a practice or a strategy, but it is what I do. So I'm really grateful because it means that I'm starting to get something really right with this container. What else did I think about when I thought about, you said, how did I decide the structure of the Wise Women's Council? And what did I think about when I was building it? Well, here you go. Here is a long podcast episode about some of the things that I was thinking about. And then the last thing actually is very related to what I just said. When I put together the sales page, when it comes to selling, I like to be very clear about what it is that I am providing and be so honest and truthful. Like, this is the thing. This is what it looks like. Here's the person it's for. Here's how frequently we meet. Here's what you should know before you sign up for something like this. Here's how we schedule it. Like, I find that the sales pages that work the most are the ones that are grounded and rooted in like, I know why I'm doing this. I know what I'm offering to people. And if you are somebody who's listening and you're offering something for the first time, I think it's okay to have a little bit of space to say like, this is my first mastermind that I'm running. This is a bit more of an experiment. I put this container together with careful thought and research and I've looked at and leaned on my mentors and I am going to use this as, well, like, this is the first time I'm ever going to do it. Like you can share the story of where you are if that's something you think that you want to be honest and transparent about. But I am so tired of sales pages that are like, here's how it goes. It's like the five-step strategy or the simple solution or all you need or in five easy steps or make like, I am tired of bad promises. I don't believe them when they say that those are the things that I'm going to get. And I also don't believe people when they say they're going to get radical transformational results. Like, I just want the thing. I want to be in community with other people. I want people to help me grow. I want to be honest about the challenges. I want to be real about what it takes. And 
I know how to, I have a lot of training in holding space and creating a warm, energetic, collaborative container for people. And I want to be able to do that. And I want to geek out about all of the little tiny pieces to make it work. And if that means I'm going to spend two and a half months thinking about like, should it be biweekly or monthly? And how long should the phone calls be? And should they be on Zoom or here until I nail it? That's what it's going to take. So when it comes to the sales page, I actually... It's not that I try to downplay the benefits, but what I strive to do is make it feel like just enough. Sometimes I think people throw a ton of bells and whistles in. They're like, and you also get, you know, do you remember those infomercials that we used to watch on the box television that were like, and when you sign up now, you also get a free toy car. But that's not all. If you act in the next 30 minutes, you will also get a free American flag. But that's not all. You will also get this tiny lampshade that turns your room purple. And like none of those things have anything to do with the thing that you were signing up for in the first place. So it's actually just noise. I have a tremendous number of benefits that I offer for people who join the Wise Women's Council. I give you access to three of my other programs, on-demand programs for free. You get complimentary access to all of the mini books. There are like additional Ask Me Anything style podcasts where people can ask questions. That's how this podcast actually came to be this ask me anything segment. But I don't put those in like huge glamorous letters. What I say instead is like, there are also some bonuses. Because what I do not want people to feel or experience is overwhelm. I think that we are all already overwhelmed. And I think there's something beautiful about curation that is simple and specific and just right. It's the whole Goldilocks approach to things minus breaking and entering into somebody else's house, which is super weird about Goldilocks. But that aside. It's the Goldilocks approach to finding the thing that is just right, that will actually serve you, that isn't full of extra stuff and noise, that I think business owners don't realize how much we leave people feeling disappointed because the experience we gave them is that they downloaded a workbook and they did a third of it, and then they just have another book on their shelf that they didn't finish. And then they collect a lot of broken promises and pieces. And the story they tell themselves over the years is, well, I don't finish things and I can't do it all. When really, I think the onus and the integrity needs to go back to the business owner who is promising, I'm going to change your life in six weeks and you're going to go from not having a product to having an entire brand positioning strategy, platform messaging. I mean, it sounds nice, but it's not in integrity with the time and the thoughtfulness that it can take to do these things. And I much prefer to be a business owner that says, hey, we're going to start with your messaging and we're going to whittle it away for a couple of weeks and I want you to have a really clear about page. And that's it, right? Like, And you work through it systematically because I think a little can add up to be a lot. And we can make really big change in our life if we just take the time and the diligence to do a little bit at a time. Not to try to overwhelm ourselves and then collapse in fatigue and failure, but to make steady progress over time. Which brings me to one more thing. When it comes to this container, the reason why I made it nine months is because another thing that I observed and witnessed is that sometimes people sign up and then they ghost for like two months at a time. And they're just not there. And I was always curious, like, where did they go? Did they did they want to be there? Did they not want to be there? This happens both in my programs and in other people's programs. I've just observed it as, as kind of a natural thing that happens. And we all have it when we have the best of intentions and then life goes crazy, right? And 
we end up being like, well, I meant to do that. Like I signed up for B school and then I got the flu for two weeks and then my kid got the flu for two weeks and then my parents came into town for two weeks and six weeks later and I just now starting to eat solid foods again, right? We all have those moments in our life. So when it came to putting this container together, I realized that Like I wanted a long enough duration of time that if people had to step away for four weeks, that they could also come back and still get the benefit from that program. And the remarkable thing this year is that it happened. It happened for two people. One person had like a health event that took them away for six weeks and it was really sad. Um, And another person had a sudden loss in their family and a third person had parents that needed help. She needed help taking care of them. So they were gone for like six weeks and then they came back. And what they were able to do when they came back was like, say, I've missed you all. I can't believe what just happened. I had to be away for the summer because I had to take care of my parents or I've been dealing with this thing that's really hard. And now I'm here and I'm ready to talk about it. And to have the container in the space that was a long enough duration, enough time for us to really be in the presence of one another and in our lives and supporting each other, even when we had to take a minute to like reconnect or recollect ourselves, but to come back and say, hey, I'm still here. That's been some of the magic of this container. So I'm going to stop there. Those are some of the things that I think about when I think about structuring masterminds and community containers. Like when I'm building a membership program, what does it look like? What are the elements? I think about that the first thing I discussed was thinking about the goals. Like what is the deep purpose of this place? What do I want it to be? And what do I want it to do? And then I thought through a lot of different design elements from the platform to the container to the frequency and the duration. And in thinking about these things, I do a tremendous amount of design thinking, which is sketching and drawing. I let the questions sit with me. I ask myself a question and then I will think about it for several weeks at a time. I test through lots of doing. So I create projects and programs and I test and I learn. And I also enjoy signing up for other people's programs because I also watch and witness and observe what did they do, what works, what doesn't work. I thought about myself as a business owner and what I need as a person. I thought about financially what works both for the business and the people who are signing up. And then I think about what I'm selling and what I'm promising and being really in integrity with what it is and how it works. Those are the things that I think about when it comes to designing this container. If you have any questions about this episode or about anything else related to business, parenting, and life, you can join the Ask Me Anything podcast. I do it monthly. If you are a Patreon backer at the $7 a month level or higher, you get access to this secret podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're listening. Thanks for being a supporter and thanks for asking questions. Go to startuppregnant.com slash question to ask a question and maybe yours will get answered on the next episode. Okay, everyone, that is a wrap. That is all we have time for with today's AMA. As always, you can submit your questions. Go to startuppregnant.com slash AMA or sarahkpeck.com slash AMA. You can submit your questions and I will answer as many as I can on next month's episode. Now, if you want to take this and listen to it in your regular podcast player, go over to patreon.com and get your special RSS link. 
It's a link where you can just take the link and copy it into your, any podcast player that you use. And so you can listen to this just like any other podcast and you'll get notified of new episodes, which will be super fun. You cannot subscribe to it through your regular podcast player because it is a private Patreon only feed, but you can take a link and then add it to your podcast player and listen to it there. So go ask me questions if you would like. I answer as many as I can every single month. If you need any help with getting it into your podcast player, head over to Patreon and search for RSS feed and you have to go to my Patreon page and get my RSS feed for you to be able to get it into your player. And that's it for now. And I will see you on the next episode. Thank you as always for being a supporter. I cannot even tell you how much it means and I will see you all next month.